Welcome to Equivalence by Evelist, a mission-based initiative offering an unbiased source of info to people who aspire to make informed decisions and grow their career in companies who care about gender equity. I am Sophie Luray, and in this podcast, I want to open a dialogue about the notion of equivalence and how it looks like in everyday personal actions and corporate decisions. I invite change agents, men and women who are making it happen in their team, industry, and communities to talk about their journey, their practical tips, their moments of doubt and epiphanies. I hope you enjoy it and tell us what you want to hear about at hello at evelist.org. Welcome to the Equivalent Podcasts. And today we are going to talk about gender equality in the UAE. In 2019, the UAE advanced 23 positions on the UNDP Gender Equality Index to the 26th globally. And it's now leading the Arab world in terms of gender equality. This achievement was accomplished just four years after the establishment of the UAE Gender Balance Council in 2015, when the UAE was then at the time ranked 49th in the world. So the country is a few steps away now from achieving its goal of becoming one of the world's top 25 countries in the index by 2021. Many initiatives have been implemented, and I was lucky to see and take part of the transformation of, of this region during my 10 years of living in the region. So today, I am looking forward to talking with a woman who is actually making change happen inside the Financial Services Regulatory Authority of Abu Dhabi, Mercedes Montserrat. So Mercedes is the Associate Director of International Affairs, and she's spearheading ADGM's work on sustainable finance and gender diversity, alongside many other ADGM-wide special projects. Mercedes built a career in the public and in the private sectors in Brussels and in London, including positions at Morgan Stanley, the Financial Conduct Authority, and the European Parliament. So Mercedes, thank you very much for accepting our invitation today and welcome to the show. I guess I'd like to start with a little bit about you. What, what brought you to do what you do? I'd love to know, you know your background story, your professional and maybe a little bit of your personal story as well. Thank you very much, Sophie. I'm delighted to be part of this podcast today. So I began my career at the European Parliament in Brussels, where I was working as a policy advisor to a UK member of the Economic and Monetary Affairs Committee. I then moved to London, where I work in finance at the Financial Conduct Authority. At the time, it was the FSA, as part of their investment policy team. And I was also chairing one of the task forces uh, for the European Securities Market Authority. I then joined Morgan Stanley, the investment bank, and their government affairs team, mainly dealing with securities and market conduct legislation. And then my life changed completely. <laughs> I moved to the Middle East to take a different focus for my career and my personal life. So as mentioned, I'm now working for ADGM, Abu Dhabi's International Financial Center, where I'm leading the work on sustainable finance and gender equality. So as you can see, Sophie, my career seems to rarely follow a linear path. It's always good to move around. I think moving from culture to culture has helped me to develop uh, flexibility, to work with a range of, of regulated entities, stakeholders, 
clients and colleagues across different geographies and industries. And I think the diversity of backgrounds from the public, private, politics and policy has given me a diverse perspective on issues, which, which has been instrumental for my career. What led you to the GCC? And maybe you can explain to us a little bit more your role at ADGM right now. Yeah, sure. So at ADGM, heading the sustainability work, and when I talk about sustainability, we keep talking always about the E, the environment, the climate change, but let's not forget also, yes, the social component. So here I'm leading the gender equality initiative that we launched last year to strengthen gender equality across all job functions and across levels in the workplace. As you know, Sophie, one in every two on this planet are women, and yet women are highly unrepresented in, in most serious corporate positions. At the board level, women comprise less than one in three board directors globally. So this initiative that we're working towards at ADGM looks at exactly that. How can we get a more diversified workflows, especially in leadership positions? So we are looking at it through three different programs. The first program is about leading by example. Then we're looking at working collaboratively and championing effective change. So the work that we do is very much inward and outward facing. So internally, we are rolling out salary reviews, developing unconscious bias training, and putting together flexible working practices and parental leave. But we are also forming a number of partnerships with organizations that have the same goal. And here again, I would like to congratulate the UAE because there is great amount of work going on in this region. Let me just mention a few of the work that the Women in Sustainability, Environment and Renewable Energy, WISER, is doing, UN Women, the US Embassy, the Man Social Incubator, but also Aurora 50 or even the 30% club that operates all around the world. And these collaborations, most importantly, have led to the formation of the Gender Equality Working Group. And this working group has the objective to kind of coordinate this great work that it's already happening in the UAE, but bringing it together in a coordinated way to amplify its efforts by promoting international best practices, but also enhancing capacity building. In fact, we are looking at it with some lens to make it very concrete. So we want to showcase progress on a specific issues of focus. So we are looking at women in leadership, women in entrepreneurs, and women in finance. Because it has been proven that companies whose leadership team is gender-based balanced have a high return on equity when compared to organizations whose senior management team consists of men only. And I think that by having that balance is not just good from a commercial point of view, but also because it contributes to a much more interesting workplace where different views, experiences, and ideas could be exchanged on a day-to-day -day basis. Did you experience some successful initiative and tips for organizations? Do you recommend organizations within the ADGM some tips to increase gender equity? And I'm asking this in a global context, but as well in a UAE context, because companies in the UAE are a little bit different than the rest of the world. They're so multicultural and so transgenerational and diverse that there's a very specific landscape in the UAE. So where to start? What to avoid when you want to increase gender equity in an organization, in your perspective? 
so I think, well, definitely attracting, but also very importantly, developing the best and most diversified talents is a key priority. So again, looking at the UAE, women in the UAE make up 70% of the country's university graduates, but only 10% of the leadership of private sector companies. Now, clearly this is issue specific to the UAE. This is an issue that we see in all of, around the globe. And I have to say that significant effort is being made in the UAE towards achieving greater gender balance at all levels of, our, of organizations. And let me give you some concrete examples. We have recently seen federal changes to paternity policy, which is a much needed start and will help balance out responsibilities. But we have also seen government edits to equal pay legislation. And even though the law already existed, they are now tightening it up in order to reinforce the message. So what we're talking about here is greater competitiveness, better results, and ultimately delivering key business objectives time and time again. Because anybody who doesn't think about how to bring in more women won't be able to compete because they are just cutting out half of the talent from the opportunity sets. We have established a partnership with Aurora 50 under the Pathway 20 initiative to create tangible change by increasing the pool of experience and competent female board directors and educating women on building a board career. So we are very much focusing intensively, and that will be my advice, on gender neutral policies, succession planning, and leadership development initiatives. That will be the concrete advice. McKinsey released a recent report, I'm sure you've seen it, on women in the workplace based out of a survey that was done during COVID in the U.S. Although it's very U.S.-based, we can assume that it's a, a situation that has been experienced similarly in different places of the world. And they rightfully, in, at least in my perspective, they talk about a crossroad for companies all the efforts that were done to increase gender equality at all the levels of the organization have been paying off. In the past five years, the pipeline to the C-suite in the U.S. increased by four points on average, which is not enough, but it's, you know, it's, it's getting better. And COVID lockdown and the way work and the economy are being completely shaken upside down and reorganized has put much more pressure on women than before at all levels. So they're explaining how they're more likely to be obviously laid off since they're often working in industries that suffer more. They make the majority of the low income and temporary jobs. But even more surprising or worrisome, they're also more likely to burn out or to scale back at executive level because they carry roughly three times more housework than men. So my question is, what's been your experience in your part of the world and within the pool of companies that are actually under ADGM's uh, mandate? Have you found that the pandemic has magnified existing gender inequalities in companies? And if so, in which way? That's a really good question, because initially we were very concerned about this because so many organizational priorities have had to take a backseat to the coronavirus response. So we had the opportunity to ask some of the stakeholders involved in our gender equality working group about what they were seeing with respect to gender diversity initiatives. And they unanimously said 
that those initiatives have not been deprioritized because of COVID. And if anything, more efforts is being put into them. And the reason why I think is, in a way, COVID-19 has brought to light the materiality of social risks, in particularly health and safety, but also workforce dynamics, including gender equality. And these will affect how companies worldwide address diversity, inclusion, and the gender gap. That's very, very interesting. This is not seen everywhere in the world, so it's quite specific traits to the UAE, because I've been speaking around in Europe, and unfortunately, there's been a lot of defunding of diversity and inclusion in certain industries, at least. Let me just comment on the point on Europe. I think, again, going back or bringing gender equality or diversity and inclusion into the whole ESG, environmental, social governance strategies, what we've seen is that if the European Commission has been focusing mainly on the E, on the environment with their taxonomy. But now we are very happy to see that the Commission is now looking to come up with more analysis around the S. And that will include diversity. That will include inclusion. So I'm really hopeful that this will be a move around the world, not only looking at the E, but also the S. And that will definitely help address the gender gap, the diversity and inclusion all around the world. Yes, I am very hopeful because I believe the world is totally shifting the way the economy works and the workplace is being thought. And it's an amazing time for diversity. It's the moment or never to push this change and this transformation because it is with a diverse workforce that the companies will be able to tackle the challenges of the future. It's obvious. And another aspect as well of what we're going through in COVID, in my opinion, is that People, individuals are really looking at their companies. They're looking at the way their companies are behaving and the way they are going to approach their diversity and inclusion strategy. And in particular, the inclusion aspect of the strategy, not just the diversity, but the inclusion, the way people belong and feel like they contribute to their company is going to make the difference. The successful companies will be the ones that have finally understood that really at a deep, deep, deep level, in my opinion. Yes, 100% agree. How do you think we can use this moment, actually, to elevate what's happening around the world? Well, I think that while attracting, as you mentioned, a gender balance workforce is step one, the second step is to create these inclusive workplace cultures. And this means establishing environments in which everyone feels welcome to share experiences, introduce new ideas, but also, and most importantly, challenge long-standing status quo. And I think we are all still there, particularly at ADGM, and we need to work towards that change. It means moving from making inclusion a priority to a real value. Because I think that values do not change, but priorities they do. And my goddaughter is three years old, Maria. And my hope is that by the time she grows up and begins a career, she will see why finance is the place to be. I want us to put our best foot forward and become an attractive, welcoming, diverse industry that makes fantastic people like Maria want to join. I think we owe it to them to the new generations to build the best, strong and, and most exciting and most positive, impactful industry that we can. Yes, I like that. 
every time I see this quote from the World Economic Forum saying that it will take another 99 years to close the gender gap, it makes my heart go boom in the wrong way. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I think the finance industry has finally come to that epiphany moment because I've been speaking to many women in the industry that are really supporting, actively changing, including male as well. And I, I wanted to ask you this in, maybe in the conversation as well is uh, how do you see building the conversation with men about gender parity, because you know the, our podcast is all about equivalence. We don't see this as a woman-only challenge. It's an allyship challenge. What do you think, Mercedes, about including men in the conversation? 100%. And I think perhaps there is an issue here that we need to clarify. So when we talk about gender equality, we don't talk about women. We talk about men and women. When we talk about empowering women, we don't talk about changing or women. We talk about coming up with frameworks that will allow talented individuals, regardless of their gender, to the top levels. So for us, then at ADGM, our gender equality team, we've got men and women because, again, it's not a women initiative. It's a talented, gender-neutral initiative that promotes that best talent to race to the top. And the leadership of the country is actually paving the way when it comes to gender parity. It is remarkable how the leadership of the UAE has been at the forefront of this conversation. And the result is seen. I mean, the, what I was saying to introduce our conversation, it's remarkable in such a little amount of time to have done such a fantastic result. Mercedes, any final words to close our conversation? Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. We look forward at ADGM to collaborate with like-minded organizations to definitely move forward the agenda and have a more diversified workplace at all different levels of organizations and sectors going forward. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you, Sophie. And before you go, here is a quick sneak peek into next episode. We will be remaining in the Arab world where I will have a conversation with two of the candidates of the L'Oreal UNESCO Women for Science Awards two amazing game changers in their respective fields of science. Here we go. I was motivated by many of my instructors who saw the potential in me to pursue a PhD and following their motivation, the support from my family and of course my government who fully supported me to go ahead for PhD. I joined the University of Minnesota in the United States for chemical engineering to, to, for my PhD degree.